0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Modern Retail Podcast. I'm Cale Guthrie-Weissman, your host, as well as the editor-in-chief of Modern Retail. And this week, I have Emily Arell, the president and chief commercial officer of Casper. And I'm really excited to talk about, A, just the world of Casper and sort of what's going on with mattresses these days. But hi, Emily. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Absolutely. So correct me if I'm wrong, but you've been, you joined Casper in 2019. Is that correct?
1: Yes. Yes yeah a little over a year now I've been at Casper
0: so let's why don't you just give me sort of the what you were what what was your history before casper and and how you sort of got to where you are now?
1: so I grew up in a way in retail. My father actually owned a flower shop in a very small town in Minnesota where I grew up so I grew up learning you know when I could see over the counter in his store why a customer would pay more money for a dozen roses on Valentine's Day than they would in the middle of July. And <laughs> that really um, sort of bloomed, pardon the pun, into my love of retail. I worked in stores in the Buckle, which is a mid uh, retailer, all through high school and college. And then after college, I went to undergrad in Minnesota. I went to Target. And I spent the first seven or eight years of my career at Target and absolutely loved it. I mean, I just... Um, the friends I made, the business acumen that I learned, uh, the business analyst program is where I started there and I left as a buyer. Um, And I left and went to the Gap. So I moved out to the West Coast. I spent a couple years with Gap Outlet and then spent the rest of my time at Gap with Old Navy. And so at the time I was leaving there, I, I really felt like I'd seen the best in big box at Target and the best in specialty with Old Navy. And, um, I wanted to learn about this internet thing that really seemed like it was taken off in 2013. And so I was lucky enough to meet a woman named Maria Renz, who was at Amazon for over 20 years. And she was running Quidzy after Amazon acquired it. And I went there as the head of retail and then moved into the CEO role at Quidzy. And then after that was the CEO of Full Beauty Brands, which is a private equity backed plus size apparel uh, conglomeration of a bunch of brands. And then I ended up at Casper.
0: Wow. You have a, a very robust retail background, just sort of all different areas, which sort of makes you I, I see you as the, it makes sense why you're, why Casper would want someone like you because you represent so many different sides of the retail business.
1: Yeah, it actually was such a great fit when I met Philip. I, You know, I had always admired Casper because it's just not often that, you know, when they started the business six and a half years ago, that you can completely transform the way somebody purchases something. And that's happened a lot since, right, in a lot of different categories. But I think what they did around mattress was pretty fascinating. And, you know, I've run stores. I've been a merchant. I've been on the planning side of the business Um, And so to be able to come into a multi-channel business where I really believe in the product of sleep, um, kind of, God, I want to say it was kind of a dream against a really (laughs) corny pun twice in a row. You've practiced that, haven't you? (laughs) Yeah, no, I haven't actually. They're just coming to me today. But um, really, you know, when I first met Philip, he said to me, uh, imagine the potential of a well-rested world. And at the time I had two kids under three and I... I just couldn't stop thinking about what would it be like if every day we woke up and ourselves and all the people around us got the perfect amount of sleep. I mean, the world would just be happier and we'd be smarter and more efficient and more productive. Um, And that's, you know, that's really what made me excited about joining Casper.
0: Got it. And so, what would you say was your mandate when you joined a little over a year ago? It was right before you guys went public. Is that correct? And so, it was. So, talk, walk me through sort of your headspace, what you were planning on doing. Cause I'm sure things changed, say, come last March, but uh, let's, yes. let's go before then. <laughs>
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I came into the business and obviously we had, you know, stores, we have a wholesale business, retail partnerships, and then we have our e-com business. And and really, they were like a lot of sort of early stage um, companies with different channels, they were really being run pretty separately. Mm-hmm. And so my, um, you know, first thing I really wanted to do with the team was really think about how do we run a omni-channel business. And I know that word is overused, <laughs> but when I say it, I really mean for the customer how do we make sure this feels like one store right because what you don't want is a customer walking into the store and showing their phone to the store associate and saying well but it's a different promo here i went to macy's and it's different there and that's confusing so my really what i came in with my role was to say how do we take what the consumer wants and the consumer needs and make sure we're represented across all of our channels and in our product and you know, obviously our focus changed as soon as um, March hit, but that was really what we were most focused on in the beginning. And the beginning is really, I mean, this sounds so simple, but like simple blocking and tackling, like promos all aligned <laughs> and mm-hmm. making sure, you know, sort of the fundamentals of retail is what we were really working on.
0: Can you talk me with me a little bit about specifically wholesale? Because I feel like wholesale is such a... a- A very interesting and integral part of mattresses, specifically. And like it's a wild west still to this day where there are different prices everywhere. And I feel like Casper, specifically over the last few years, has been going heavier and heavier into into their non branded stores. And so, how do you approach that to make sure that it is a good experience for a customer if there is a a Casper mattress there? It's a great
1: question. It's something that we are, you know, that I am obsessed with, as is the wholesale team, because, you You know, it can be the wild, wild west. One of the things I I knew, you know, nothing about mattresses besides what I thought was comfortable before I came into this business. And what's really fascinating about this business is a couple of things. One, it's very regional. So, you know, if you're in apparel and the value sector of apparel and you're in San Francisco, you sort of have the same competitors that you have in Chicago or New York. You're going to have some small boutiques, but really it's going to be, you know, Target and Old Navy and Gap, et cetera. That is very different in the mattress industry. If you live in New York, you might shop at Raymore and Flanagan or a Casper store. If you live in you know, Florida, you're probably going to go to rooms to go or a mattress firm, etc. And so it's very different regionally. And so there's a lot of important um, players that you have to think about across the country. And I'm just talking about the U.S. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, what's I think very sort of counterintuitive about this business is people don't want to travel very far to buy a mattress. And that seems so odd to me because you're only buying a mattress every seven to 10 years. Seems like it'd be okay to get in the car and drive 45 minutes, but people don't want to. They want to go five minutes from their house. Convenience really, really matters in this business. And so that's why you see, um, I think if you're not in the business, you wonder why are there so many mattress stores? All <laughs> And there's been a lot of podcasts that have been done about this, which I think are quite interesting. So, so, Trial is still the way most people buy their mattresses. E-commerce has obviously in the last five or six years really taken off with so many digitally native brands now selling beds. Um, But the majority of beds in the United States are still bought in a trial location, somewhere you can lay down in the bed and try it before you buy. And so what we're really focused on is how do we make sure we have the right partners in the right places and that we arm the sales associates in those stores with proper casper training so that they understand our product and they understand our focus on sleep and that's you know very different than just trying to sell a bed we want to get you in the right bed that's really going to give you the best night of sleep to give you a better tomorrow and that's we have a field team that is out with sales reps all over the country and spends time with them on product education and that's really important and then the second part that's important to that is, is the brand, obviously, right? We have to make sure that our brand is coming across in the way that is um, uh, important to us, that is joyful, that is consistent with what you see if you walk into the Casper store at Short Hills Mall or on Broadway in the city. And that's really important that you feel that experience in a very consistent way across all those touch points of the brand.
0: Do you think that do, just given that because Casper has its own stores, they're they're called sleep shops, right? Uh yes. And so, like, that's a very branded experience. I've seen them around, and and you you control all of that. Is whole, you know, you you have all these parts with wholesale to make sure that the sales associates know about the product and that people can try it and, and feel confident. But is that just sort of you? That is sort of the table stakes. You you have to participate in because people are going to their most convenient mattress store, or are you? How are you sort of thinking about the differentiation between your investment in your own stores as opposed to these third-party experiences?
1: The, The way we really think about it is really city by city. And mm-hmm. area by area. So if we're looking at Minneapolis, where I grew up, we're looking at the whole city to say, okay, we have a store at the Mall of America. Should we also be in partners there? And who are the most important partners in Minneapolis in the greater Twin Cities area? And where are they? Are they any diner in Minnetonka? These are all suburbs around the <laughs> Twin Cities. And what are the most important places for us to be in that reaches who our consumer is? Um, And so it's really our head of wholesale and our head of retail really work together on how do we build out city by city across the U.S. to really think about where the consumers want to shop and how do we provide them the best experience between our stores and partner stores.
0: Was there a different sort of org chart before you came in terms of your head of wholesale and head of retail? Were they talking to each other as much or sort of what? How do you how did you coalesce those two so that it was a more collaborative experience?
1: I think a lot of my job has been bringing people together, right? Bringing the channels together to be less siloed. I think, you know, a company like Casper that had such fast growth early on, you have a lot of people doing a lot of different jobs and you know, a lot, you know, I have someone on my team now who's been at the company four and a half years, who's done like six different jobs since he's been there, you know, in completely different functions. And so what I really came in to do was say, how do we create experts in each of these teams, a retail team, an e team? And a retail partnership team were really experts in their field, but can also work across. And then, you know, I'm sort of the tiebreaker in meetings, right? Or make sure we (laughs) come together to to agree on those important topics. And, And at the center of every conversation is the customer. And what is best for the customer? And how does the customer want to shop? And I think this I see, you know, this is getting outside of Casper a little bit, but this is something I see in the retail industry that, holds us back as an industry all the time is we let our org charts get in the way of doing the right thing for the customer. And and just as somebody who's been in the industry for forever, it feels like I can feel that when I go into a store where that's happening. You know, you can feel, oh, the leader of e-com didn't talk to the leader of the stores, or these are not aligned. And that's something that we never want the customer to have to deal with.
0: That's really interesting. I feel like that's a problem that I've, I've, witnessed and also talked about in terms of like more legacy stores like department stores do you think that specifically with you know scaling startups not 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 casper but for companies that are sort of going from like their their hyper growth to being an actual huge company are you seeing that that problem as well play out in younger companies
1: yeah you know what's so interesting it's a great question because it's sort of like the same problem, but like opposite. So, you know, when I was at Old Navy, and, and this is a long time ago, and Old Navy is amazing. I think what they're doing is just amazing. But, you know, the e-com team was separate. They sat in a separate building. We had like special meetings where they would come in, but we weren't all together at the same things. Um, and so it was a very, we, we thought of the business between stores and e-com very separately. And that was very common at that time, right? I think now what I saw at Casper when I came, it was the opposite. It was like e-com is the center and stores are sort of over on the side as the afterthought. And so it's really the same sort of dynamic, but just with a different channel sort of sitting on the sidelines. And I think that's a big part of what I came in to do was say, look, particularly in this channel, you may go into a store on a Friday, check it out. You find something you like, but then you want to go home and talk to your partner about it. And, you know, try out a few more places and then you might just buy online because you don't want to go back to the store. So this cross channel shopping happens so much in our category that we really it's even more imperative that we're working together to make sure that we're providing that experience for the customer and not having a sort of internal uh, competition between the channels.
0: Got it. So let's talk about e-com. And I think this will probably be a good segue for us to go into March and after. But how has the e-commerce strategy shifted since you joined? And also, given that you come from an Amazon company, sort of how have you approached Amazon as a channel specifically? Because I find that a really fascinating channel for a big big purchase like a mattress. So big question, but take it however you want. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So I'll start by saying my time at Amazon was, uh, and I heard somebody say this on one of your uh, podcast about their time at Wayfair but it was like getting another business degree you know in <laughs> retail like it was just an extremely amazing experience just from a sort of business acumen and intellectual horsepower standpoint and again with the customer at the the center of all the decisions i think you know our e-commerce strategy has when i When I came in, that was the center of the business, right Four years ago at Casper, we sold one product in one place online one bed, and now we have twenty nine products in hundreds of places, and so we're companies in such a different place than it was just four years ago. And so, you know, there's a couple things. Ecom now is sort of this, your billboard to the world, right? It's the first place people go when they want to learn about your brand. So there's an aspect of the website that always has to be branding. People want to understand what is Casper? Because of course, living in New York or on the West Coast, you think everybody's heard of Casper, but that's actually not true. And so, you know, if they're watching TV and they see a commercial on CNN, we, they're going to pop on their phone onto the website. We want to show them what this is. And then obviously we want to help them purchase as quickly as possible. And so it's, it's both a tr- place to transact and a place to educate. I think the, the way that our strategy has really evolved, particularly since March, is we've seen a lot of pickup in, non, in mattress, but in also non-mattress product, pillows, weighted blankets, etc. cetera. And, and those weren't always easy to find on our website because what we're really good at selling is mattress. And now we're getting really good at selling sleep. And those are two very different things and very different ways to think about the business. Um, and so I would say that is a shift, a shift in the strategy over the last year.
0: We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. So talk to me about March, given, uh, or, you know, just the last year when the pandemic first hit, what were the first early impacts to the business and then sort of what became the more long-standing reverberations?
1: I mean, doesn't it seem like a million
0: years ago? It does, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind it's of crazy. wild. I've lived like five lives. Yeah.
1: I, I know, haven't we all? So, you know, first of all, I will never make predictions about a pandemic again, because <laughs> I think I said things in early March that did not come true. But, you know, what's so wild is on March 11th, um, I was at dinner in the city with my whole leadership team, including my European team, and we we still felt like okay there's something on the horizon here but well, i don't know things feel like semi normal and 2 days later we closed all of our stores and closed our office and you know i think all of us have a story like that right i left all my reading glasses at the office cuz i thought i'd be back a week later and so what i'm really proud of that we did at Casper is i think we reacted very quickly and i think we You know, we closed our stores very quickly for the safety of our employees and for our customers. And we recognized that, that, you know, people would shift online because they didn't have a choice. Now, we made a lot of missteps, too. I, I don't think we recognized how much people would invest in their homes so quickly. We had no clue we'd still be sitting in our houses almost a year from then. That was not on the horizon. But I think... Um, you know, we sent our employees home right away for for safety reasons. I felt like we handled it quite well, and I think it was all hands on deck as fast as possible to just react to the business. So, you know, small things like daily stand ups with my whole team and all these new things we had to put in place to keep in contact with each other. I think, like a lot of companies, what i i were really we're thinking I'm thinking a lot about how do I hang on to the things that we learned during this is We innovated faster than we ever would have. Things like in stores, we were doing virtual appointments through, you know, Google Meets. We were doing curbside pickup as soon as we could. We were doing one-on-one private appointments. All these things that we might have had them on a tech roadmap for a year, we got them done in four weeks, (laughs) you know, because, you know, necessity pushed us so quickly. And I think that was a um, a good practice for the whole team to see. Um, And so I think that, you know, we reacted quite quickly and, and obviously in the home space, there's been a lot of, a lot of tailwinds as people realize they've been staring at a crack in their wall or staring at a couch that they hate or whatever it is. Um, And I think the other thing that we all recognize because we're humans living through this is that anxiety has been, you know, sort of at a fever pitch during the pandemic. And one of the things that is very important to help quell anxiety is sleep. And so I think we've, the best we can helped consumers with their sleep through our products, our mattress and our pillow, our weighted blanket, to just help people find that sanctuary in their bedroom and their time to relax away from homeschooling children and many people working from home and roommates stealing your internet and all those things. And I think it's something that we have tried to join the conversation in the way that feels appropriate for the brand.
0: So you you mentioned that you saw many more people interested in sleep as a whole, your other products, the weighted blanket, etc. Did you do sort of talk to me about how you were able to shift the focus more to that? Did you do new product development? Did you see people asking for certain types of products that you didn't necessarily have?
1: We did see a lot of people um, moving into our pillows. We introduced a new foam pillow, which we saw a lot of people move into. Um, we have a standard pillow, original pillow or foam, but we have lots of pillow options.
0: <laughs> um,
1: and it is my favorite Casper product, so you should check it out if you don't have one. Um, and so, and same with the weighted blanket. In Q4, we um, came out with a silk pillowcases, which are great for sleeping, throw pillows, decorative pillows. So try to really sprinkle more things into the assortment to help people with their sleep. We have some really exciting um, product innovations coming out this year, which we're super pumped about, which started... Pre-pandemic and then during the pandemic, as ideas that the team came up with, and we have a part of our organization called Casper Labs, which is really focused on research, development, engineering around the perfect night's sleep. And so they have spent many, many, many nights <laughs> um, testing and making and and talking to consumers and talking to um, past customers and future customers around their sleep needs, their family sleep needs, and what we can do better to provide them with a great night's sleep.
0: Talk to me through the supply chain, because I feel like every every company I've talked to had some supply chain issues in terms of getting Yang from point A to point B. What did you experience? Are you still feeling feeling the effects of that now? How, how is that all going?
1: Yeah, I would say you know uh, most mattresses are made in the US, and mm-hmm. so um, it's slightly different than a lot of what the apparel industry saw or some of the other furniture furniture industry saw in terms of electronics, in terms of supply chain. Um, But because of the high demand across the whole industry, and we are not vertical, we use third party manufacturers. Of course, there were supply chain um, blips here and there. Um, We have a really strong planning team internally and a strong merchandising team working together to make sure we're sort of thinking about our uh, forecast at a skew basis on the in the right way, which is the most important part, obviously, and in, mm-hmm. in making sure we're communicating with our suppliers appropriately. But we feel good about go forward. I think the one of the biggest changes on the supply side for us is we are not just sourcing mattresses anymore, yeah. right? We're sourcing a lot of other products, and that means different um, partners um, and different timelines and different ways to manufacture. And so that's a learning curve, and we've brought on some new people to help us with that internally.
0: How accelerated would you say – how do I put this? Like the the pie chart of demand for certain SKUs has changed. So you like everyone's looking for a pillow. Has it doubled or tripled in terms of what you expected it to be this time uh, for for these non mattress products objects?
1: Yeah, no, it's a great question. Um, I mean, I I can't talk about specific numbers, but I can say a lot better than we had thought. And I will say that because um at the same time we're increasing our trial doors through retail partners, they mostly sell mattress mm-hmm. where on e-com that's where we're seeing a lot of throughput of the other products and in our retail stores. You know, when you come into a Casper sleep shop, our customers are much more likely to buy more than one thing because they have the sleep specialist there. Telling them the great benefits of the pillows, and most people need two pillows, and you need different pillows for different things. You need a different pillow for reading than you do for sleeping, or you do for working in your bed. Um, and so, when you have somebody there to help you explain it, we typically see people buy more. And so, we're sort of doing the inverse. A lot of times, you're, you know, we're our. Ecom is really learning from what's do what are we doing well in retail that we can then help inform how to sell better in e-commerce.
0: Got it. And so, what? How has the overall like sleep shop store strategy changed? You mentioned a lot of new products. You you fast track, so you have pickup, you have Google Hangouts, these kinds of things. How much of those are long standing, and are you changing the actual layouts of the stores now that things are pretty much opened up and we're we're seeing potent, you know, potentially a light at the end of the tunnel.
1: And I hope light at the end of the tunnel, yes. I'm going to be in stores all day tomorrow, and it'll be fun to see um, some of our stores uh, and how they're doing here. Look, we're seeing really varying um, performance based on area of the country. And a lot of that is, you know, COVID-related, restriction-related, vaccine rollout-related, all of that. And it's very different if you're in a strip mall and a walk-up store than if you're in a mall, right? People have a very different, uh, how they think about that. We are testing a lot of different variations about what the inside of our stores look like. I think, you know, when we started opening up, we opened up pretty slow in terms of letting people back into our stores because this is a, it's an immersive experience. We're asking you to, you know, we want you to lay on a bed and to feel comfortable. And if you're nervous, you can't really experience what it's going to be like to sleep. And so I think in the Nearest term, whatever that means, year plus, we will still be offering these services, and we might offer them forever. Um, you'd be—I was very surprised. I'm not that so many people come into a store and want to take the mattress away with them. So we sell a lot of people coming in; they want to take the box to their car. And so, um, who knew there were so many mattress emergencies? But there's a lot of them. <laughs> and so, you know, I think a lot of those strategies have really. This has been like a massive test where a lot of things have worked out that we'll keep doing in, for the foreseeable future in our stores.
0: So you you mentioned how e is now you view it as just sort of a big billboard for the branding. And I know this might be a little bit out of your purview, but I'd love to hear just sort of how you're what's the overall marketing plan for for the company go uh, down the. In the future, you guys used to be sort of the leaders in podcasting, for instance, and uh, I feel like you, you, I'm sure you guys still do advertising podcasting, but how are you viewing the overall... I guess industry now that you're so big and there's the demand uh the demand has shifted in such a way.
1: So we've been doing a lot of experimenting during the pandemic especially as you know TV has been different and people have been watching a lot more TV and um media rates have been so different um you know from March to April to June to October so so wildly different. And so you know we still advertise across obviously TV and podcasting and offline and online and we you know, spend a lot of money on marketing and spend a lot of our time thinking about that. Casper, you know, what's what was so fascinating about me to me about Casper before I worked here and still now that I work here, but before it was that people would say, oh, my God, Casper is so cool. And then we think about that, you're saying a mattress company is so cool, (laughs) right at the time. And that is sort of before Casper was like a bizarre thing to think about. And I think, you know, Casper really led on making subway advertising the thing that all DTC companies do and so many marketing tactics. We had Natmobiles that traveled across the country and went to Coachella and did all these cool things. For the past six, nine months, we've been really working on an immersive new brand strategy to think about what is the next phase of Casper, right? What is the next phase as we really talk to not only young millennials, 29-year-olds who live in apartments, but families, right, who live in the suburbs and have three or four bedrooms and have a couple of kids. How do they want to be reached? How do we speak to them? And so we're really excited that soon we'll be talking to the consumers in a slightly different way with a slightly different voice. Um, but I think... Uh, Casper has led in digital marketing and offline for, you know, the six plus years that they've been in existence. And we have a very strong team. We hired a new CMO last March, um, who I've only seen in person like three times, that, (laughs) um, that, that we've been working together now almost a year. And I think the work that the team is turning out is really fantastic. So I'm excited to see it really come alive, especially with a couple new product launches this year.
0: So when you are working on a brand maturation, for lack of a better word, uh, you mentioned that you're you're talking about tweaking the voice, but is that also? Tweaking the marketing channels. So is that we're gonna be going to to these kinds of things, or is this more just like you might get a new logo and you'll be approaching your copy in a different way?
1: Yeah, it's it's sort of more the latter. I mean, we're always thinking about channels and you know, the team is literally like turning the dials up and down Mm -hmm. every single day and looking at what's most efficient and how to spend our dollars in the best way to reach the consumers. And I think, you know, consumer trends you like take a break for five minutes and they've changed already. Right. And so I think the team is really staying on top of what is, what do people, where are people just browsing? Where are people buying? How Mm -hmm. do we want to show up in different places? And so we'll continue to do that work. I think what Casper has always done has worked to scale the brand in a significant way And now it's just, how do we make sure we're talking about more than a mattress? And I think, you know, your early question around sort of ancillary products, that's a big change we made in 2020 is for the first time, we really started talking about pillows and talking about weighted blankets and talking about our glow light in our advertising, where in the past, it had really all been focused around mattress. And that's really, you'll see that more from us as we really show that we're becoming a sleep brand, which is different than a mattress company.
0: So uh, then let's talk about sort of the future, which, you know, you admitted earlier, there's no way that you, it's impossible to make a forecast, but what is your mandate going forward? Is it figuring out these, the, the different areas, these new product launches, and what are the sort of new products you're looking into that you might launch in the coming months?
1: Yeah. So we have spent so much time in the last year and a half and long before I was there talking to consumers to figure out really what do customers expect from Casper? What, what would you think you would walk into a store and see? Right, if I um, am having trouble sleeping and I walk into a, one of our sleep shops or I go online, what, what would make me feel like I'm gonna sleep better? And so the team, the first thing we think about is what are all the things you can reach from your bed? that's the place we're going to start, right? So you can reach your light and you can reach your phone, you can reach your Kindle. And do you need a cover on your phone? Because no one actually puts their phone in the hallway like they're supposed to. <laughs> you know, what, is your, what should your bedside light look like? Do you need a night light? What that should that be like? And then all the, obviously, top of bed, your sheets, your blankets, your mattress cover, your mattress, your bed frame. We launched a couple bed frames this year. Um, and then we think about all the things that interrupt sleep. Um, other people interrupt our sleep. We can't do much about that. But the biggest interruption to sleep is temperature. So how do you better regulate your temperature in the night so you're not getting too hot or too cold? Um, And so we're thinking about products that surround that. And that's a big deal in the sleep industry. And then I would say products for other people in the home. So right now, we've been thinking mostly about um, the mattress and how do we expand within your bedroom and then to other bedrooms in the house, right? So my I have two little kids. They both sleep on a Casper. Before I worked at Casper, they slept on a Casper. And the way I realized how great a Casper was is I would fall asleep on their bed every night and then I bought one. <laughs> so <laughs> I think we're just continuing to think about what are the ways that our brand is known and where are the places that we want to be found in your home, And how do we help you make your bedroom a sanctuary, right? Make your bedroom be the place where you want to spend time that helps you relax and helps you fall asleep faster and better every night.
0: All right. Well, Emily, this has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for asking me. It was fun.
0: And thank you for listening to this episode of the Modern Retail Podcast, a show by Digiday. If you haven't already, please do subscribe and head to Apple Podcasts to leave us a review and a rating. See you next week. Thank <smart noise> you.